Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to another episode of Blockchain Reformer. Today we have here Kenny. So Kenny is a good friend of mine. Uh, he's from IS. Uh, can you tell us more about yourself, Kenny? Yeah, tell you what is IS. I don't think most people know what is IS. Okay, yeah. So explain to us everything about IS. Like, what the hell it is. Oh, okay. So we see what he meant by IS. It's like it's like uh, I'm from Information Systems. So okay. basically, uh, one of the only few business IT degree courses in in local U in Singapore. So I think that's which which year are you in? I'm in year two, just finished one semester, like the first semester of the year. So yeah, but anyway, uh, I'm a crypto enthusiast, so I've been in the scene for not very long, but just slightly before the crypto boom last year. So it was about I think I got in around August last year. August twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was when Ethereum was I think three hundred plus sing dollars. I think that's about 200 plus US dollars and Bitcoin was around 3,000 dollars then yeah then uh, look at what happened now now it's at 3,000 dollars again so you can actually buy in now one loop yeah yeah it's 3.5 somewhere there they can just have a live update for the show wait uh, here a moment we will check the price how much you guys think it is now Okay, it's 3860 now. So it's 3.8 now, and we are back to where we started with. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, but it was really crazy last year. Everybody was talking about Bitcoin and the bar and, and family gatherings. So the run up between 10,000 to 20,000 was in a matter of weeks. Yeah, the bar that, was, that was crazy. Mm. So what got you started into crypto? Crypto, uh, firstly, was uh, actually, uh, I was always interested in like, uh, investing and stuff but I didn't actually uh, see the purpose because you do need a big amount of capital and also uh, need a lot of uh, uh, actually like thinking and people to guide you through all those ba- basic kind of treasure investments like REITs, uh, shares and other things like that but uh, what, what uh, attracted me to like crypto was like it's a lot easier compared to trading shares because you have to apply for like CDP and other stuff like that so Actually, I got a friend that was into uh, Ethereum at that point of time, so I saw him post on Instagram, so I asked him, hey, like, how do you buy it? Like, then he just introduced me the whole thing. And uh, so I just started that bot. And my first purchase was actually Ethereum because I like the whole project itself uh, compared to Bitcoin. Because Ethereum is uh, more a utility token than Bitcoin. I mean, some people say Bitcoin is, is, is good, like it's a very good as a store of value, but it's boring in the sense that it does nothing other than that. You know? but, for Ethereum, it does do a lot more things like, like smart contracts and we don't even know like what's the full extent of what smart contracts can do. Like, you know some people like together with AI, you can automate uh, payments, you can do like, you know like what yours is doing now, they're doing like uh, online gambling platforms, mm. like automated totally using uh, smart contracts. So that's like probably the most decentralized future we can looking at, you know, to remove us from third parties and actually third parties are actually earning a lot of money from us. Mm. Like, for example, like Visa, uh, they are actually earning I think three percent for transactions, and, yeah. and you see, look at that. I mean, you guys are not seeing as quick Google and see how much money they earn and how big their buildings are, and all those money, if with the power of blockchain and AI and automation, you can actually save all those money. Actually, like just split it among everyone, and everybody will be happier. And and I mean, let's just not talk about money, but obviously, like humans tend to move towards better technology. Like as you can see, like smartphones and everything so we always move towards either something that is cheaper or is better so i i feel it's inevitable that cryptocurrency and smart contracts and blockchain will definitely move in our lives 
like how smartphones uh, and AI has been ruining our lives like in the recent years. So to me, it's like a sort of you centralize, then you become decentralized, you centralize, you become decentralized. Because now we see a lot of places where a lot of our data are centralized. Mm. You know, Visa, Mastercard, PayPal, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, Facebook also has all your data, mm. Google has all your data. So this crypto brings about the promise of decentralization. Mm. That we, we gain control back of our data and mm. like, you know, as you said, like uh, how much money we make from Visa, the processing fees. Mm. Actually, we can actually cut those down and uh, cut down the middleman. That's mm. a promise of crypto. Yeah, it's sort of decentralization. Actually, this theory of blockchain and decentralization has actually uh, has been around for very long. It's not just recently. It's just only in recent years we have the technology like you know like we because our smartphones, you no know, processor gets faster uh, and everything. So that's why only in current tech we can actually uh, move it towards uh, this kind of decentralization. And and no one has actually worked with. I mean the the most famous decentralized platform. Can say that it's currently being used worldwide. I would say in BitTorrent. BitTorrent, yeah. yeah it's, it's like the godfather. Actually, of yeah, BitTorrent is our godfather of blockchain. It's mm. been uh, in existence for a very, very, very long time already. Mm. Almost like 10, 20 years already. Mm. Basically, the principle is the same, you know, cloud sharing, yeah. decentralized network. But I don't think people know how radical or how cool the idea is that something can be decentralized and it still works. Because I, I feel for most people, like like some people, like for example for libertarians in the yeah. US, they are actually very focused about um uh like okay, oh, my, my, my money is my money, money, my data is my data yeah, and, and I need to keep it mine, I don't want anybody to touch it. But I I mean I feel in Singapore, like in and also uh some countries they mm. actually don't really care about we these don't kind of things. Care, we don't have this concern. I mean it's yeah. it's not a big concern. Yeah, like true. life goes on without it and yeah. And especially in in Singapore where the economy is great, uh, government is actually quite good, and, and uh, uh, our currency is fine, you don't actually have a problem of centralization. Uh, I mean, let's quote a few examples. We can talk about Venezuela. Uh, we can talk about Zimbabwe, where hyperinflation is a big problem, and corruption is. I mean, corruption leads to hyperinflation, then leads to a crypto economy, and it leads to a problem. So, uh, Bitcoin or like cryptocurrency in general became a very uh. Necessity. Yeah, it became a necessity and became like a saving grace for this kind of people. And and I think us as like in first world countries we don't actually experience that. So we don't actually really see the value of it. But I feel crypto will provide a different kind of value to first world economies compared to third world economies. Yeah, because the the corruption we see in those countries are more like open overt, like very obvious one. But maybe in the first world country the Corruption we are fighting against is sort of more subtle, like you know the banks, uh, the bailouts, yeah. two thousand eight, mm. uh, you know, uh, corporate giving money to the government and then they like side side kicks uh, back to the corporations, mm. things like that. Then, then those are more like subtle form of corruption that mm. Bitcoin and these cryptocurrencies are like trying to fight against. Mm. Uh, we do really see that playing out, but I would say that people see like you know, cryptocurrency is like insurance against the fiat system. Mm. Yeah, but I feel instead of looking at it, okay, like like end day, I feel cryptocurrencies will definitely, I mean, it might in maybe 50 years time take over the entire world, might. like in the sense of monetary transfer, but I don't think, uh, I mean, most people don't change so fast, and of course, the entire financial ecosystem is actually built around fiat now. You know? Yeah, it's really so, fiat. I feel it's quite impossible in the next five years for like cryptocurrency 
totally dominate and overtake investor. You know, I feel in five years time, if everybody actually uh, owns a little bit of cryptocurrency or knows about cryptocurrency, I, I think that's a area of win mm. for the cryptocurrency community. Uh, because uh, I feel people is very resistant to change, especially towards things related to value, related to money. That's a bit sensitive. So it will definitely, I mean, okay, we talk about like how innovation and technology has been uh, taken a lot faster. Like smartphone, I think took a few years to like, gain a very large amount of people. Oh, yeah. it took, very not big though, okay, to start. Um, so uh, smartphone, yeah, takes, smartphone, smartphone takes like, took, I think only like five to seven years to mm. actually reach like, I think a hundred million, I'm not really sure. I think, uh, but, but a TV took maybe uh, 30 years to achieve the same result. So there has been a clear trend of how uh, technology has been increasingly uh, being uh, adopted by people. Maybe it's due to how connected the world I is. I think it's a lot, of, it's like a lot of chicken eating. Uh, yeah. like, uh, you know, you need a lot of people yeah. to start using it. Yeah. So some, some people say, based on like, like, you know, like, radio took maybe 70 years, then okay. TV took 30 years. Then smartphone took only seven years. seven years. So there's a trend that uh, technologies get adopted faster and faster. faster, and faster. Yeah, but, but the thing is, for crypto, it's a bit of a different beast itself because it's more related to the financial industry. Mm. And you know, finance people have a lot of money. So if they are trading their business, definitely they will have some ways They'll to be, try to yeah, more prevent it. To and also governments tend to be more careful with regulations regarding uh, anything monetary or security uh, related. You can see like, SEC taking their own sweet time yeah. uh, to regulate stuff, but I'm just really happy that the Singapore government actually came forward and come up with their security laws even earlier than the US, so that, that's great to hear. Yeah, I think Singapore is a really great case for this uh, blockchain innovation. You know, there mm. are a lot of funds setting up uh, AI blockchain funds, mm. incubator in Singapore, mm. and then, uh, recently there was also this FinTech Festival. Oh yeah, yeah. So talk about the FinTech Festival, so, uh, we, we students, I mean, uh, I think foreigners don't know, but yeah. uh, we, we students, like Singapore students, we get to uh, go to the FinTech Festival for free actually. Uh -huh. Like normally you have to pay, I think, yeah, it's not that cheap and, yeah, and the food and the food is great there by the way. <laughs> so uh yeah, so uh we, we still spend there but uh we sort of uh it's actually a more of a show for uh Singapore to actually showcase like how the uh fintech industry is in Singapore, like what tech are we going to in and I think the main show of this year was more into blockchain and AI. Mm -hmm. And also you see a lot of banks there. I think Big Big Main had a booth there as yeah, well. Big but but during a bear market there's like no one visiting the booth. But but uh yeah, it was a really nice experience. But uh they were more talking about how the infrastructure in Singapore is actually very uh open and catered yeah, to is innovation. Because uh for people that don't know, especially uh, people that from outside Singapore, actually Singapore government is looking into how to uh, push our nation towards being a more innovative uh, nation like trying to push more on the entrepreneurship. As you see, there's more campaigns and more incubator programs actually happening in Singapore now compared to last time. Uh, one thing I want to say is like, uh, there's not a lack of money, but there's a lack of ideas. Yeah, yeah there's well. a lot of money where around there, VCs, non government grants, IREs, and so forth. Mm. They actually want to incubate and invest in startups, but it's the idea that they're lacking, it's the entrepreneurs that they are lacking mm. to push up these ideas. And another point I want to make is that, uh, I mean, the prices might have dropped a lot, but behind the scenes, I think there are still a lot of deals going on, a lot of startups they are trying to, uh, a lot of startups going on, a lot of investing going on. Mm. So, 
Um, one thing I look at is like what the VCs are doing. So yes, there's actually still a lot of activities that these VCs are actually still looking to invest, looking for startup, blockchain startup to invest in. Hmm. But I feel for I mean if you started your blockchain startup uh during the crypto boom like in December twenty seventeen, then I think it will be great. But I think a lot of companies actually closed down. I I think the Ethereum class team just close down their development. You know? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, Ethereum class they they couldn't get any funding and oh. they asked committee like no one to donate to them. Then they just closed down. Actually, I, I saw no purpose in Ethereum classic by the way. Like it is a bit different from how Bitcoin Cash. Okay, I mean some people say Bitcoin Cash is good or bad, but that's for you to decide. But like the the whole reason for Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin to split is because their their scaling methodology yeah, is different. different so it makes sense for you to just fork out and see which is better. Mm. So let's say for example, Bitcoin Cash is better. Like I'm not saying it's better, but let's say Bitcoin Cash actually scales better. Actually, Bitcoin Cash scales better than Bitcoin. Then eventually it will gain better adoption. Mm, then it will take over the first place or whatever if it really happens. That that makes sense. Like to actually. Uh, get the best system available for the entire world, like we're talking about technology wise. But if you talk about Ethereum Classic, uh, I don't think they are doing anything revolutionary. Revolutionary, like they are just basically that like, the more the, the whole reason it for was it's the DAO, because the of that thing, yeah. and they wanted, uh, they wanted to uh make sure people don't it's get immutable. Paid. Yeah, they want to yeah. the they want to uphold the mm-hmm. idea that blockchain is immutable. Mm-hmm. But the block the Ethereum Foundation at that point found that it's more necessary to return to people the money because it's their fault that this uh, bug actually came about and people made use of it. So personally, I side with Ethereum and, and as you know, Ethereum still has most of the miners and, uh, and support. So, so I mean, Ethereum Classics close now wasn't really that unexpected, I would say. I think that this bear market actually uh, eliminates all the bad projects mm. on the no projects that were going nowhere. Yeah, but, but, but it's good. Like I mean, I, we went to uh block block fest Singapore in the ninety blockchain night. Oh, we yeah, were yeah. Yeah. So we are talking like how big companies now are taking, uh, the opportunity to actually hire talents now at a cheaper price and also to weed out all the competitions mm. because this is a very good because bear market, small companies tend to like uh not make it and mm. tend to close down. So in the strong players will survive. So it's sort of like a purging of the blockchain uh, economy because like I, there's too much ICOs. Yeah, too around. many ICOs, too many that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, there's some scam coins yeah, as well. Quite a lot of scam coins. Yeah, so but I think, I, think, I think we should talk about like forks because I think okay, yeah, a lot of too. people especially, okay, let's, not, just, let's just not talk about normal people yeah. that's not even into investing. Yeah. So let's talk about people that's into traditional investments like stocks okay. and rates okay, and sure. shares. Uh, they are very confused by the idea of fox. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like, like what, what is this fox? Like, hey, I just... And, and they were trying to uh, link this idea to the recent Bitcoin cash wars and how the whole uh, market bottom has plunged from like, I think seven to 6,000 all the way to 3,000, now we are having. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what we heard is traditional investors, they are like, hey, like I buy Bitcoin in the first place because like, oh, I thought it's a finite thing. Like, I read that it's finite. So, like my... Bitcoin will be rare in the future in a sense, so it will appreciate in value. But when people heard, hey, there's this new thing called Bitcoin Cash, and the Bitcoin Cash fought again to Bitcoin Cash ABC and Bitcoin Cash SB. Mm, yeah. like, like, wow, if you can keep making free Bitcoins out of anywhere, then won't my Bitcoin so it's be not, worth anything? They will say that it's not a Bitcoin anymore. 
Yeah, so in a way, they were worried that it would devalue their Bitcoin and, and like, so which one is the origin Bitcoin? They're just confused and no, and traditional investors hate to own things that they they don't understand. And Bitcoin and cryptocurrency industry itself is really new and there's actually not much coverage. I mean, they have coverage about it, but I don't think traditional investors watch like YouTubers explain or actually have the time to go and read about stuff. So typically they watch like CNBC news, that's what they do in the morning. So and you know those kind of media are actually very uh they don't know how to portray they don't know how to explain. yeah like like they are they are hiring like for example like you're hiring someone that is not an econ major to explain econ to people oh. like he doesn't work that way the guy the guy can speak well but yeah. he doesn't explain well yeah maybe and and most probably like they might be business people and they're not so technical and because cryptocurrency is a very special space itself because it is a a, a blend between finance. Because law, yeah, all in one. It's a very, science, so it's a whole unique yeah, yeah. Uh, creature yeah, and asset. Yeah, there's like yeah. no place to actually fit in. Mm. So a lot of people don't understand it, and I think most people don't spend that much time understanding it as well. Mm. So I, I feel, yeah. Now my opinion of fuck is yes, that like, uh, and energy will be like GitHub. So you have a code, code. Yeah. Then people like fuck. Okay, I go. Uh, change this code I, I something. Normal people don't even understand what a git is. Ah uh, yeah, okay. That's but, a problem. Uh, I mean, you, you know because you write white papers, but yeah. I know because I'm from like like I, I know because I'm from information system. I study IT, so I know what's a git because I use it to do software code, projects yeah, and stuff. Projects, yeah. But for most people they don't even know what a git is. But for people that don't know git is basically uh like a centralized database that we store and merge our code. Let's say for example like 10 developers who are on the same project. Uh, so this system is smart that it will merge the code changes into a single mm. code and the whole program works by itself and in any case like anybody's computer burned down and I think there's a shared repository mm. that everybody can clone or use from so it's to like keep it safe in a sense and also the thing about git is it's strongly correlated with being open source yeah. which is uh, most of the code of like the source code of bitcoin and ethereum are actually uh, open source means if I want to start a new coin like Bitcoin one two three. I I can do that, but anyone can do that. But the thing is, you need a lot of money to set up a blockchain network. It's not so easy. You have to like get the miners. Yeah. You have to get the developer team to actually uh develop the network. And also you have to get support for for especially miners is the most important. It's not easy to build a mining. Because network. you waste electricity. You can't waste electricity yeah. to And mine. also you need a strong team to actually show that oh, you can your coin has a future. You know that that's one very crucial factor people uh consider when they invest in the team. Like invest in a cryptocurrency, the team must be important. And it's not just in cryptocurrency, because I'm also dabbled into a little bit of traditional investing. So funda- the basics of fundamental investing, as you know, like you have to really see the management of the team, because the management of the team is like the soul and thinking of the company itself. So if the team is really bad or not performing well, then you can really expect the stock to not do well. A lot of things is about execution. Yeah. yeah. Like the management, whether management can execute or not. Mm. It's yeah. more about the talents your team have, I would say, like, regardless of any uh, investment, I would say. But I would say, if you look at the uh, Bitcoin team, it's a little bit different from this of a traditional company. Mm. Because Bitcoin is open source, so any developer can join. Actually, Bitcoin does, is Bitcoin's main team very strong? Actually, I, I'm not really... Yeah, we, we, uh, we, uh, I think it's like they have a few members, then they're trying to discuss the I mean, they don't have any particular like, like, really like strong member. Like, 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 I mean, for Ethereum, like, there's Vitalik, like, yeah. he's famous, like, everybody do that. Like, like for Cardano, there's uh, Joff, Hoff, Hoff Stinson. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody loves him because 
he's so smart, like definitely he will be able to pull this through. But for Bitcoin, I realized that it's more about uh, the name itself. Yeah, it's the name. You don't really hear like, oh, this developer, this developer. It's yeah. like a share team that's running the network. Yeah. I think how, how members do they have? You don't even know, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, this, Bitcoin is like the OG, like, like people don't actually have to know. Like I think that's a, that's a they good don't thing. Sell. That's a good thing. They just sell by itself, like the name itself. It's like iPhones, like any iPhone you do. Well, like iPhone, I want to buy that. What's the iPhone? It's going to be ruined by Apple. There's a myth about Bitcoin. Like, if no one, if you don't really know who controls Bitcoin, like, you can't really take it down. So yeah, I guess that's, that's a good thing. It's also. the same concept as BitTorrent. Like, yeah. you can't really take it down. You know, like, because it's decentralized. There's no possible point of failure, which is what people really like about Bitcoin and the whole decentralized system and and also uh, I was just talking with him before we filmed we were actually talking about how uh, in our generation it actually makes a lot of sense uh, uh, to be able to send money across uh, countries instantaneously because like I mean I can watch a, a video that's uploaded from US within a few minutes you know like I can watch it instantly and stream it like which was unthinkable ten years back. True. Like like it makes sense that they can send money, you know, off. I, I think it's a travesty, like let's say if I want to send my money to Australia, US, mm. it takes like three working days or two working days. Mm. When I can just fly down and physically de- deliver the cash mm. in a shorter time. Oh yeah, there was this conversation. In, yeah. Then the time it takes for me to transfer the money to the US bank account. So Yeah, that, that, that yeah, that, that, there's certainly sense. some inefficiencies there mm. that uh I don't know what can solve, but I think, I mean, if you use a Bitcoin transfer, it takes like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. So I think the technology is there. Um, finance might be something that is too closely guarded that needs a lot of pressure to change. I just feel that, uh, okay, let's use uh, uh, Uber and, and Cap, yeah, for example. Sure, sure. Because like, okay, for, for Grab, okay, I mean, Grab is like the Uber in Singapore, just for foreigners that that yeah, really, Uber, you know. yeah, yeah, but uh, Uber pulled up already. Yeah. But anyway, okay, and then that, okay, basically, it's just two different business models, right? Sorry. But the main thing is, if let's say, for example, today Uber or Grab didn't exist at all, the taxi business will still do their business and they won't actually uh, innovate because they have no uh, incentive to innovate because it's not like if I innovate, I will gain more market share, I will grow my market share, or I will earn more money. So they actually have. Uh, more of an incentive to keep the status quo than to innovate. But for Grab, it's totally different because they are a startup and they saw this uh, gap between the, the expectations of the user versus uh, the expectation of like the companies. So, like, for example, like what Grab proposes or, or Uber is like, oh, you can call a cab anytime uh, and I don't have to, like, let's say, for example, it's raining, I can call a cab without getting myself wet outside. And also, I can uh, book it so conveniently with press of a button compared to calling the hotline which is always jammed in case for people mm-hmm. that never use a traditional taxi booking system before it's a nightmare yeah like most of you will be put on hold for like 10 to 20 minutes typically and then you got to tell the person your address yeah, yeah and, and like that was horrible and you wait for a cab to actually accept the booking yeah. so that was horrible as well yeah, horrible. so that was dark times guys dark times so uh, so Uber saw this gap and uh, Uber decided uh, and Grab, they, I mean Grab is just a popular Uber, so like, like Uber was like, hey, let's do something about this. So they, they, they ran their incubator, mm. they ran their startup, and yeah, that's how they went. It and, and it took off really well because, uh, firstly, uh, it's easy for people to use, and definitely humans, we will tend to use things that are easier to use or cheaper mm. to use. Like, we are incentivized to actually do that. 
So the way I, I Uber like took off and now we see the taxi industry struggling to keep up because their infrastructure is very clunky, they have a lot of assets to hold, which is very different from organization like Uber and Grab has very little okay. assets. I think it's also like the way they think. Like if if like it's a taxi company, you, you want mm. them to improve their services, what would they do? They probably like buy more cars. They probably Maybe, like. I think the best thing they did was buy newer cars. Yeah, buy newer cars. Or you know the seats they put like I don't uh, know, make it nicer the seats. Or uh, what they will do is uh increase number of people manning the hotlines. Mm. Maybe increase the fee. One for thing is uh is even what they do is not as efficient as yeah, they totally the business it's, model. It's a diminishing return thing. You know? Yeah. They can do a lot of that and they are good at doing that, but the diminishing the return on that is like getting smaller and smaller. You know, you can buy more cars, you can do but the U R U X for booking a cab is still very troublesome. Mm. But whereas uh Uber and Grab they just come up with a new concept, you know, through an app, request, location. Mm. Come, pay by credit card, bam, finish. Mm. So it, it's kind of because uh, the disruptor thing again, they, they are some of the underdogs from the start, so they think a different way and they are able to bring a better service mm. and idea to the market. Yeah. yeah, but I feel it's good that this kind of innovation takes place because it benefits both uh, the consumer, I mean, actually, it just benefits the consumer and also society itself because, uh, because of the rise of Uber and Grab and Foodpanda, like, like it grows a new industry. Like of people like hey I can actually there's a lot of ideas that might not work in the past they might work now and there's a lot of technology like emerging technology like smartphones VR AR mm. they will actually propel the new generation of apps that we cannot even imagine now. Yeah, so if we think about like money transfer overseas right banks if you tell banks okay this is taking too long mm. I we need like some we we okay let's start with and we need to solve this problem. What they will do is maybe uh, like uh, charge more money for transfer done during the weekend. Yeah, that fees during the weekend. Uh, what they will do is they. Uh, oh I yeah, mean, they don't transfer on weekends. Yeah, they, that's the thing. They don't transfer oh, on weekends. Sucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then they will maybe charge more fees. They will maybe I take over banks to like increase synergy so that one yeah. transfer can be done at quicker pace. Mm. Uh, whereas maybe the the solution to solve that would be maybe to actually like using a decentralized network or some through some other ways rather than the traditional route. So this is kind of a disruptor technology that we're just seeing. Yeah. So the thing like I think there wasn't any technology that could actually challenge the whole financial system for the past few years mm-hmm. until the whole idea of Bitcoin was born. So I guess it's the same as the taxi and Uber example. Mm-hmm. So the financial system has had no incentive to actually innovate mm-hmm. and actually improve themselves because I mean I'm earning like mm-hmm. Billion dollars is doing the same thing every day, so why would I want to change? They won't do the dog shit method of like going through deep down to really find a way to solve it. They'll just do what they are best at, throw more money into it, yeah. throw more money into it, you know, mm. to find efficiencies. Yeah, but definitely uh, the reason, and as you can see, uh, AI has been improving for the past few years. Oh, yeah. So the whole idea of AI is you can automate a lot of things, right? But AI, we have the problem is like we cannot trace exactly what the AI did like through the, the database like I mean people can edit the data so the whole idea of uh, what we might see in the future is the stacking of AI uh, AI automation together with blockchain so in this way for example uh, let's talk about I- IOLA for example okay. let's say IOLA I mean now they have a lot of problems with their technology and stuff but uh, if you really were to work you are able to with the power of blockchain and AI and automation you can make your for example your car pay the parking ticket by itself 
which was uh, like, and you have absolute uh, assurity that you can check how much it paid and you may have, can make sure that it paid correctly and there was no double spending and stuff. And this was not uh, possible 10 years ago uh, without AI, without blockchain and without uh, automation. Okay, so before this, we're talking about Fox. So what's your opinion on Fox? So what is Fox? Fox like oh, Fox. Fox. Okay, so we're going to be digress a lot. Fox, I just feel uh, it's very confusing for treasure investors. I feel it's generally very bad for the market. Okay. Like I personally don't like the idea of Fox because it, it certainly uh, brings a lot of uncertainty to the market and a lot of fear in our investors. And also, uh, it's confusing people and cryptocurrency is a confusing enough industry. You don't need to confuse the masses more. Yeah, true, true. You know? it, it generally leaves like, a bad rap in people like... Because you mentioned earlier on, you can just fork and fork and fork and yeah, it's, it's, think that yeah. wow, there are so many bitcoins. So actually, it's a scam when they say that there's only 21 million. But when you, because they think that uh, when they fork so many, there are actually more than 21 million bitcoins. Which is not the case, but it takes some time to explain to people that it's yeah. not the case. And especially with the prices this low, most people don't have the patience to listen to you. Yeah. They'll just be complaining like, when they asked me to buy Bitcoin last year, it was like 11, 12,000, now it's like 3,000 dollars. They only complain. Yeah. Personally, I feel that Fox are just part and parcel market. I think that's a beauty and ugly stuff. I think it's a unique thing to cryptocurrencies. I don't think other assets have this problem. Uh, yeah, other assets right. don't I have think this it's, yeah, it's the first digital asset in a way, right? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But I think it's just a part and parcel of the market. It's, it's I think it just needs some time for general masses to get a whole idea of it's what are Fox. And some don't even know what is cryptocurrencies now. So... I think your problem will solve itself as mass adoption gains. But as of now, it's a, like a hurdle towards uh, uh, mass adoption, I would say. Uh, and personally, my view of mass adoption has changed over the past year. Mm. I, used, I used to think that maybe people will start using Bitcoin as a payment system, but mm. maybe that's too troublesome to use. So rather than that, I'm looking more towards a like smart contract. Because if we can really have a smart contract that works and is user-friendly, Maybe that will push for more mass adoption in the future. Sorry, you can repeat. Okay, so uh, I've uh, I'm I've changed my view towards like mass adoption because I used to think that maybe Bitcoin will lead to mass adoption because there is Bitcoin. I think that was like the original idea. Yeah, but now I think that there's more to it than uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, there's the idea of smart contract mm. where there's no third party involved during the building of like two people. Mm. So. If that takes off, I think that's the thing that will push towards mass adoption rather than using like, Bitcoin as a store as a means of transfer payments. Mm. So we have seen like a lot of platforms like Ethereum, Cardano, EOS, they are trying to uh, utilize this smart contract mm. to is whereas like, people can use this platform for their transactions and things like that purposes. I, I think the most practical use case for smart contracts now uh, uh, is the automation of gam- online gambling. I think that was that is the most prominent debt case now online. I don't think there's any more prominent ones I can see. Uh, true. Like I mean it's showing the amount of potential it has, but we do not really know what's the full extent it is. Have you done any research on that? Like the gambling or not really sure. I didn't, I didn't know it's the most uh used the most the now the few popular debts are, are uh, yeah, gambling sites. And as we as of now we don't really know what we can do with it other than automate some payments here and there. Mm. And you need to actually have to stack it with AI as well because to trigger a smart contract, you need to trigger a certain condition. So 
uh, like for example now let's say if me and you we bet let's say for example uh, uh, football football let's say Chelsea uh, wins like okay. zero or whatever then uh, then the, the, data. the smart contract has to I mean it's easy for this kind of data because they can start it from Google they can script the data from Google's website but for maybe more complicated stuff like uh, like the animation and you know like insurance payout yeah like the flood key the display you know how do they know that the flood key how do they know this how do they know that and, and also like you see like Google you can get the data from Google but which, which data should you use you know yeah. and also you need AI data. to actually cross check different multiple sources and from credible sources as well so there's a lot of work to do on the AI side as well for this whole automation thing to work so it's still I mean it's still a long way to go but uh, uh, yeah that's something that is very interesting certainly yeah but I think I think next we were actually talking about this over lunch we were talking about how uh, the idea that actually stable coins will reach mass adoption before Bitcoin and Ethereum itself, yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a very fast fetch idea. No, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I do personally. I think that maybe that won't be the case. A stable coin is more for you trading the market, and then you want something like a hard currency, so you change to stable coins. Because I feel that there's a PayPal and all that stuff mm. that. Is pretty popular nowadays, but certainly I think like now there are a lot of people like investing in stable coins, VCs and all that, mm. and uh, they are making quite a huge sum of money. Mm. Like, and it's getting more and more popular, like Gemini coins, your USDC, your USDT, your Tether, so and so forth. Mm. Okay, but my, my argument is okay. Firstly, you can see like how uh online pay. Okay, I'll say online payments. Like oh, okay, yeah, like up. okay, let's not about PayPal. Let's talk about uh like Alipay, and Alipay, WeChat Pay, okay. Okay. so. Definitely, it shows that uh, uh, there's a need for instantaneous way of transaction, right? Mm. I mean, I'm right to say that. But now the problem is uh, because of the volatility of Bitcoin and Ethereum itself, a lot of people are, let's say normal people, let's not talk about investors. Okay, sure. Like some people are speculators, they love how Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum is like always increasing price, they always like, uh, it's volatile, you can trade and make money. But not everybody does that. Like I mean, let's say I'm a normal Tom, I just want to use it to buy my coffee. Okay. Then, uh, having a stable currency actually makes a lot more sense to me, you know. So my idea is that like, what what if like uh, for example, we have this uh, example uh, we have this common wallet. We call it like uh maybe a snake wallet. Okay. Okay, S wallet. Okay, Singapore wallet. Okay, S wallet. Let's call it S wallet. So, uh, this S wallet you can actually transact in, let's say we have a, let's say our Singapore will make an make S, S coin and it's packed to a single Singapore dollar. Okay. So, eventually, so it functions essentially like a WeChat pay, just that it's governed by maybe Razor and government together. So, you can uh, actually transact with each other, right? So, the whole idea is, once people are used to the idea, and, and, and I think uh, this kind of instant payment in Singapore is not that common yet compared to China, which is weird. I don't get it, it's, it's more popular in China than Singapore. But once this S coin thing gets popular in Singapore, right, then you allow people to actually buy uh, those uh, Ethereum or uh, Bitcoin on the app itself. Oh, yeah. So in that way, it's a lot easier for people to buy their cryptocurrencies. Mm, I care. Yeah, then uh, people, and also people can like maybe day trade their currencies more easily through the app itself as well, compared to now, like. Like for example, let's say you want to buy uh, cryptocurrency now in Singapore, 
you actually there's only two ways. Like first way, uh, which I typically do is you wire your money prior to Gemini, which yeah. usually takes around fastest sixteen to eighteen hours. Then Overnight after that, you wait for them to deposit your account. Then you can buy it. Then usually it's eleven thirty p.m. to twelve p.m., mm. which is their noon time. Yeah. And and or you buy through CoinHako. Uh, means you have to go through experts and experts is not instantaneous now. I mean the beta program, but it it only updates like three times a day. So sometimes if I miss the ten o'clock one, I wait for two p.m. and and as you know, Bitcoin is like super volatile. I say oh now it's super cheap, then it's three point six k. I want to buy it in the first. I think it's the bottom. Mm. Then I wire the money in right. So by the time um uh, uh my money gets in at four p.m. maybe the price has already jumped back to four point two thousand and I've already missed the bottom. So. That, that's the problem with it for people that want to trade. So I guess this S wallet thing will pull together both speculators and normal people together. Yeah, I actually see where you're coming from. So I think what mm. we need now is like maybe a wallet that can do all these functions. Yeah. Like contain S coin, USDT, mm. uh, you can buy Bitcoin only. So if a wallet, if there's such a wallet as this, right, and mm. people People think that uh, ST uh, coin is like as good as a Singapore dollar, then mm. USD coin is as good as US dollar. Mm. It can work and stable coins can certainly reach mass adoption. Yeah. This is kind of where the argument is coming from. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I mean, such a wallet still takes, still need time to yeah. develop and you also need people to start understand that. I just feel it's easier to accept by most people, like it's the path of least resistance, I feel. Yeah, for most people. I mean, for, for us, then, we are the, like the smart money, they will say because yeah. we are early and trying yeah. to make money, then yeah, we like to buy Bitcoins and hold them. Yeah. But normal people, they don't like, as well, my girlfriend doesn't care about this kind of shit. They only, they only care about, oh, they only care about the utility they uh. see. So for them, it's, it's just to be fast and everybody uses it, it's convenient that I will use it. And they don't really care about, oh, is it decentralized, decentralized, mm-hmm. like, does it own anyone, like, like what? They only care about, Maybe as, how long, much as long as it works. Yeah, if it's safe, safe, is it fast? Then oh, then that, that's good to me. Yeah, I think some people feel that they just laugh and say, oh no, why do you think so much? Why do you, why do you care whether it's central or decentralized? As long as it works. But I feel that in the investing business, right, if you want to generate alpha, you have to be prepared to get laughed at. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you know, say 20 years ago, you were the invest in internet company. Yeah, like people, Amazon. Yeah, people ask, uh, laugh at you and think, yeah. like, Hey, why are you even doing this? You know, uh, why, why, why the hell do we even need a smartphone? Why the hell do we even need a computer? I remember like, like IBM was laughing in the whole idea of like PC in yeah. the 80s before uh, Apple actually popularized them. So we, I, I, I guess, I guess we are like the early adopters and hopefully like two years down the road we watch this video then hopefully we'll be happier, you know. Uh, and, uh, it's, certainly a, it's certainly a bad worth taking the risk and reward for, for, for uh, proposition. Mm. And, but that doesn't mean that every project will work. Uh, most will certainly fail, just like what happened. Mm. So you got to place your bets accordingly and see mm. where, which direction it heads in the future. Yeah, but what, what I can say is uh, it, it will be the greatest, like, uh, it's a, it will be the most exciting technological investment in our lifetime, most probably, I can say. Like, in recent time, like, this is way more exciting than uh, a, a smartphone because uh, we are actually trying to disrupt uh, I think few hundred to few thousand years industry mm-hmm. right so that's really exciting uh, and also uh, I think it's the first time uh, the financial com- companies has ever been challenged before mm-hmm. you know yeah. like, like it has been so like stagnant for the past few hundred years especially in Singapore's uh, short 50 years like, like there's no uh, but, but it's just interesting to see how digital payments has been taking 
uh, of in China. Just hopefully able to see that in Singapore, I feel that's like the first step towards gaining mass adoption. Like people getting used to instant transaction first, then other you get used to digital assets, then it will start to make sense to more people. Like for example, uh, you can say for example, like maybe 40 years ago, you tell people to draw money for the ATM, you will be scared because it was new. And people are like, hey, it's eating up my money, like the deposit machine is eating my money. Like, oh, is yeah. it sure it is safe? Yeah. Why people rock me? Look at now, like, like, like now this ATM is like so normal. Mm. And and I find it funny is that like like internet banking is so normal for our generation, like the mid-90s people. But for our parents, like it's so it's such a no-no. Yeah, like they are super anti-giving their credit card information yeah. to any online website. Uh, they do not know about how PayPal is able to protect people from fraud and everything. And and, and they just uh I feel there's just a lack of uh education and uh knowledge. I think it's, it's you, you have to guard against certain thinking like mm. uh if you are you are used to something you'll be used to that for a very long time. Mm. You know, so when a new idea comes and challenge comes on challenge you, you can't really uh think that there's a better way because you are too comfortable staying in mm. this mode this thing. Mm. So what I mean what you're seeing now is that there's a uh, disruption going on and and I I think I have a feeling like uh you know uh technology companies are like okay now now the trend is that these technology companies like Google and Facebook are getting bigger and bigger mm. and they certainly look like they are the king and it's very hard to challenge them in the mm. future. Uh but I think that there's there's certainly technology and uh, uh breakthroughs that are coming up to challenge them. So like Browsers, you know, like we have a Google Chrome, we have Google oh, Internet. Well, yeah, there's still like, interesting projects like, yeah, like uh, Brave. Brave, yeah, Brave. Yeah. So, let's talk about Brave. So, you may think, yeah, okay, the browser game is dead already. You probably use Chrome, you probably mm. use Internet Explorer for the foreseeable 10 30 years. But with this uh, blockchain technology, there's like new, new forms of browser coming out soon mm. that can challenge the supremacy of these companies, of, of Google Chrome, of Internet Explorer. So I as an interesting project is uh, the Brave browser. Mm. Uh, I haven't really used it yet, but I'm gonna use it soon. I think I think the the earn money feature is not up yet. I mean, I tried to download it. Oh, how is it? Yeah. Uh, it was it's it's actually working quite well. It's based yeah, off, it's, good, it's yeah. based it's on Chrome's uh soft code. So oh. essentially, it works exactly like uh like like Google. But I'm not sure why they don't let me log in my Google account. So they don't let me sync all my cookies and I mean oh. all my cookies and stuff, which yeah. was a little bit annoying. And they don't say password for you no more. But but uh the whole I think the value proposition of Brave is uh is like they allow you to make money from browsing itself. Like now a lot yeah. of com- uh, websites are making money off you browsing them. Yeah, yeah but you yeah. don't get any money back. Yeah. Because the the third party actually is is the websites are making money off you. But the whole business proposal like model of Brave is that uh you can actually uh earn tokens from visiting yeah, people's website. Yeah. yeah, so 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 both the consumer and the website owner they actually split the brave tokens mm-hmm. each time you visit the place. So uh, that this encourages more people to visit your website. It encourages more people to visit your website also uh with the brave then you can tip people mm-hmm. that you like or content creators that you like with the brave itself. So it's it's sort of like a a whole new industry by itself. Yeah. And and I don't I don't know how Google or Microsoft is gonna compete with that. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they launch their own coin. Yeah anyway, uh Microsoft yeah. Microsoft is a horrible company. <laughs> oh. 
don't use Microsoft. Oh, I just so annoyed with the bug this morning. Like, I have so much problems with Microsoft. Like, sometimes the mouse. Windows, is, Windows or what? Yeah, Windows. Like, mouse just doesn't work. Then sometimes the, the syncing of like, uh, like Microsoft Word has yeah. problem. They just yeah. crash. Or like PowerPoint has problem. Or the worst was like, uh, this morning it keep popping up non-stop. Like, oh, you trying to update my keyboard language or some some uh. something like that. Then, uh, it keep doing that for like one hour straight. Like, dun, then dun. Then I'm like, okay, I ignore it, then dung, then dung, then keep doing that for like 10 minutes. Yeah, okay, I, I, I muted it, so it wasn't distracting me from my work. Then I said, what happened after that? It came, oh my god, then keep seeing a black thing popping up at the corner of your screen, it's so annoying. And and the worst thing is, is uh, it doesn't tell me what's wrong with it, so I can't fix it. Then I try to fix it, there's no fix to it, like no one knows how to fix it. So I, I just feel that's like the problem with Microsoft, like they keep layering stuff on, I mean, you can see like, I, I think personally I can say uh, if I have the money, I'll definitely buy a MacBook because uh, uh, firstly it lasts really long and the website is really clean. I mean, the, the software is really clean. Like, like you you won't have this kind of quirky problems that that never ever happen with Macs. That's what I realized. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, Microsoft product in general, uh, I'm not saying they are a bad company, but I just feel that there are a lot of things that can be done better. So I just hope they choose a better uh, management team and really become a better because I definitely see uh, and especially with the growing uh, disposable income of like the gen- like our generation definitely I will see the market share of MacBooks grow compared mm. to Microsoft definitely So, okay uh, Yeah, we just talked about Brave Yeah, yeah. So you tried to get down again the browser Yeah, they haven't like, they haven't released the, the review website and you get Thing, but uh, the whole idea is very lucrative. Like I was telling my friend, what if, what if? Like, I mean, now Facebook is earning money from you. Your data. And they're earning money from the advertisers. Yeah. yeah. So they are like they are being super fat. Like they are being super rich. Yeah, really, I think I just read somewhere on Wall Street Journal that they actually thought of like selling data access to developers. You mean like your personal data? Yeah, like so you know like maybe uh or like just stats. I would say, I'm, I haven't read the whole article, but I presume like, it's maybe like how many people are in this area and they sell all, like, all their interests and likes. Oh, they want to sell, sell like curated data. data. Yeah. I think my, my, my friend was doing a, a, a project for one of the cinemas. Uh, uh. He was like, they are actually able to buy from Google, if I'm not wrong, uh. Uh, the exact data of the demographics that visit your website. Yeah. Like, for example, like I can buy, like uh, let's say for for GV, let's say I buy like I can see who visit because based on when you sign up for your Google account, you actually they know your age, mm-hmm. like your your your, your gender, your, your birthday. So they have a rough demographic idea mm-hmm. of you. So based on that you can actually have some statistical data which would be very useful for website people to actually plan. So let's say for example I know like our oh, young people tend to come to the website more. So then I will actually put maybe put more uh movies that are actually more popular with younger people like like Star Wars or like or maybe Marvel, you know, so that I can really adjust and tweak based on the data. And at that point of time there was wasn't any laws to actually uh, stop this kind of usage. But nowadays I think that they are they are putting some laws to actually stop this. But I mean it's very hard to police these laws also. Yeah, it's quite true. Like but the, the proposition of cryptocurrency is that or blockchain is that you should get paid for this data. Yeah. Oh anyway I was saying like I was talking telling my friend like all oh, the proposition of blockchain you are able to make this kind of websites where 
where like a uh, new social media with a totally new business model where where you get paid for actually using it. Yeah, my friends are like, hey, that's actually like my, my friends like the normal people that's not uh into cryptocurrencies or any kind of tech. She was, she was like, oh, that's interesting, I will actually use it. Like it makes sense, like I get money for scrolling website. Wow, that's awesome, like I will use it. Then that I think that's that's something that we need to uh make people you know, attracted to crypto and how our whole future of like technology will improve in. Yeah, because right now it feels to me like the whole software is pretty stagnated. Like Google Chrome, like Facebook, you yeah. just get more and more of it. Actually, actually it's, it's quite scary when you think about how centralized and, and, and how often you use these centralized systems. Like, let me ask like with the viewers and you, like when was the last time you used YouTube? Yes, in the morning. Yeah, like, even like just now. Five minutes before you're watching yeah. some YouTube video, and, and how often do you use Google? All the time. And how often do you use Facebook? For me, not much. Okay, but, but I mean, a lot of people use Yeah, it's yeah. quite common. And it's quite scary that uh, in in US, I don't know about anywhere else, but in the US, yeah. the scary thing is people know what is Amazon, but they don't know what is online shopping. Okay. They know what is Facebook, but they don't know what is social media. Oh. So that is how powerful and scary this fang or like mm. uh, they call it the fang stocks but like yeah, Facebook so, and yeah. Amazon has, has become and it has got so deep into our lives that we don't even realise how deep it is and our life will be horrible when they decide to do something bad or they just decide to close down then mm. it will really disrupt like how our lifestyle will be mm. like just imagine that let's say I mean I don't think it will be down but Let's say Amazon, like I think Amazon something. Let's say for example, YouTube goes down. Do you know YouTube went down like yeah. last month? Last month. Yeah. Right. I was actually for my test, and my lecturer actually uploads, uh, our lectures on YouTube. <laughs> so I needed to revise. Then after that, the whole YouTube was down for like I think a good ten minutes, mm. and that was the darkest time. <laughs> it has been like I didn't realize how much time I was spending on YouTube, like and 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 what was life like for YouTube. You know that is the yeah. scary part. So I hope in the future we will be in a stage where we are wondering like, oh how how do you survive without cryptocurrencies? You know, like 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 nowadays you just yeah. think back, how do you survive without a smartphone? Like no one could I mean we won't die but but you we'll just survive be, without smartphone. You'll just be so. a very different lifestyle yeah. and you'll be very different from what you used to. So it's it's very hard to imagine. Yeah, so I would say that uh, I mean change is the only constant, so yeah. Yeah. You have to really be prepared to look at what are the possible possibilities in the future. Uh, but but what I see uh, a, a very straightforward path for mass adoption will be uh, merchant adoption. Okay. Because for merchants, uh, actually they are pretty annoyed paying the 2-3% to Visa and Mastercard fees. Mm, so, sure. uh, and as you know, with blockchain, we can actually push, push the transaction fee down to lesser than a percent or maybe yeah. 0.25%. So uh, that difference efficiency is what uh, most probably will drive merchants to want to change because merchants always look for a way to innovate their business process to cut down your bottom line or to try to have more savings or if, if let's say crypto goes to a stage where it's widely adopted it's easy to use and for merchants I only get charged like 0.25% compared to 3% I save 2.75% you know just for merchants uh, but but I think but I think another thing is Kuhansi has a lot of users. For example, one of the projects like, is Ripple. I don't think I think a lot of people about it, but actually don't know what it's about. Mm. So what I feel is Ripple is one of the projects with the most utility in the entire crypto space. 
That's why it's second now, it overtook Ethereum already. So, uh, a lot of plans have just been announced. Like, for example, uh, there's this program called TIPS, T-I-P-S. It's a transfer system, remittance system based in Europe, just for Europe countries. Okay. But a lot of people don't know is that actually Ripple is actually the back end of this project. So let's say I, I send money to you, uh-huh. like from maybe Brisbane to Argentina or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, uh, yeah, so, so what I see is uh, $200 out, $200 in. But they, they don't know that the back end is actually Ripple doing the remittance for you. Oh, I see. So, so actually Ripple has a lot of partnerships and a lot of people actually trying to use it. So, and there was some joke that saying that it will go up to $589, you know, like the 589 club. <laughs> I don't know about it. But, yeah, but it's not, it, okay, technically it might sound far-fetched, yeah. but actually it's not impossible. Do you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's not impossible because, okay, for example, if I get first coin, let me tell you, if Bitcoin, when it was a dollar, I tell you it will be worth 20000 one day. You already believe me? I will believe No one will believe you unless you live in our present time where you see Bitcoin go to $20,000, you know? So the same thing for Ripple where it started, it was like, I think 0.01 cents. Mm. Now it's like 30 plus cents. And, and uh, the whole value proposition is, let's say, uh, because Ripple is actually already functioning at max capacity, mm. I think they still can improve a bit, but actually it's really, really fast. Mm. But actually, Another way to, let's say, for example, I want to transfer uh, a, a million dollars over. Let's say, for example, a ripple is a dollar, then I need a million ripple, right? But if I want to make this a lot faster, what I can do is actually uh, make ripple's price higher. So let's say, for example, now one ripple is a thousand dollars, then I will need oh, to use yeah, a yeah, thousand yeah. less ripples, but the process is actually the same speed. But I'm able to transact more value within a single transaction. You understand what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's might be part of Ripple's roadmap to actually make Ripple more expensive. And they did talk about this in their white paper and some of their fresh releases that that, big, that Ripple's price will actually increase. Like it's not like, it's not one of some people say it's going to be a shit coin. Mm. Now some people, I mean I don't understand how you say that, uh, right, like Ripple don't actually have to use XRP and XRP is a separate token compared to Ripple and, and that Ripple, uh, XRP is centralized. But a lot of people don't notice is that all the nodes that is running Ripple, like it used to be all owned by Ripple, mm. like all XRP nodes are owned by Ripple, but it's slowly, slowly being changed to third-party nodes running the network. And also, uh, uh, it's just in the plan to make it, like I mean, just as I explained, it makes sense for Ripple to actually appreciate in price, so that it's easier to remittance with the same processing speed, but you are processing more of a value. Higher value. Yeah, and also, Let's say we don't talk about speed and everything, even Ripple working as of now, it can send massive amount of money within like, I think 5 minutes. It was even faster, like especially during uh, the previous boom where Bitcoin and Ethereum got congested. Uh, Ripple really shined back then because it was the only functional coin that can transact uh, values for fast. Like, like I think it transact within uh, 1 to 2 minutes. Yeah, it's really fast. Yeah, so, so it, it's, if you're talking about fundamentals wise, Ripple's fundamentals are actually really, really strong. It's, it's the partnership, like, because like, all their coins, they don't really have the partnership. Yeah, and, and regardless whether, uh, okay, partnership is one thing, but also, uh, let's say for example, they don't do any other things like tips or this kind of new thing. They just yeah. strictly just do uh, Swiss business, like take over Swiss business, which is their main competitor or mm-hmm. the thing they, are, they wish to disrupt. So they are able to actually, uh, let's say for example, normally when I use Swift to send money to you, it takes a week. And it takes, I think, 7 to 8% charges. So if I send a million dollars, I'm going to pay, what is that? 
70k, yeah, to pay around 70,000 just for acceptable fees. But using XRP, you only pay, I think, less than a percent or 0.25%. That's a saving of at least 60,000. And that's for a million dollars. So you talk about the entire whole financial ecosystem globally, how many billions or trillions of dollars we're going to transact around. And that is a massive saving. And I do see big companies pushing for this change. Mm. Mm. It's certainly something that, yeah, interesting. Mm. So do you own Ripple? Yeah, I own a small bag, just in small case. Yeah, full disclosure over there. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, there are people in the XRP community talking about how XRP will lead the next bull run instead of Bitcoin. There is a problem, okay, Bitcoin, most people say, like it will appreciate value, but there is a chance it won't. It, if, uh, just imagine, mm. if all the government just decide to clamp down. Oh, Bitcoin. Oh, okay, just cryptocurrency in general. They just clamp down everything. Uh, recently, they blacklist like two Bitcoin addresses, the US Treasury. Oh, that one is, because uh, I think related to some black identity. Yeah, but stuff. I mean, that is something that... I mean, they only blacklist the wallet, but not the yeah. coins. Yeah, yeah they blacklist the wallet. Let's say if I decided that, oh, I think Bitcoin is doing more harm than good, I can actually just make it really hard to use it. Like, I, I make it like, oh, let's say, like you can't export, you can't wire money in Gemini. It means there's literally no way yeah, for me to buy any bitcoins. True. Then it will really hinder mass adoption. Mm. And what people don't notice is, uh, Ripple is the most, uh, regulatory compliant company in the entire crypto space. Like and every single meeting you will see Ripple. Like even like meetings with, like uh Trump and stuff. Ripple will be there. Okay. Uh and 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 actually uh. I think Trump was really bothered by how uh, Bitmain or China controls the 80 plus percent of the hash power. So technically, they can conduct a 51% attack on the Bitcoin network, but they, they, they most probably won't because there's a financial incentive not to. But I'm just saying they can if they wanted to, you know. So uh, I think Trump was quite bothered by that and, and Ripple was trying to promote themselves as an alternative. Because uh, firstly, cryptocurrency, the first idea, it wasn't meant actually, I mean, it's sort of meant to be a store of value, which what Bitcoin is, but I feel the transactional aspect is more important. So actually, uh, there, there's a probability that actually like Bitcoin won't work and, and actually Ripple will actually work. It depends. They say if all government decide to come down on Bitcoin, then, then it will be very hard to use it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we are not, I mean, uh, don't, I don't certainly think that Bitcoin will die because the government will be trying to like shut down BitTorrent for so many years. Mm. But certainly it will become very hard. It will make it use. very hard to use. Yeah, and, and which means mass adoption won't take place, which yeah. is annoying for us as well. I mean if you use bit if you use try to use BitTorrent now you have to go to a few sites before you can really start downloading mm. torrenting. Actually I just torrent this morning is quite simple. <laughs> Nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, so um if they try to clamp down they are they, they won't make uh, Bitcoin outright illegal, but there are certain ways you can clamp down. Mm. You cut off transfers to cryptocurrency exchange. Mm. That's a huge lifeline really mm. that we are cutting off. So maybe that's where Ripple will come back coming. Yeah, uh, but I mean, what what my proposition is, uh, Ripple has a lot of uh good things that people don't see. Like people keep saying it's a shit coin, like it it's centralized, but actually it's not centralized, and there's it's a it's. It's the coin with the most use case, I would say. I think a lot of those noises come from people who are Bitcoin maximalists. Yeah. Like more of the libertarian kind of people. Yeah. Because they see like there's an organization behind Ripple. Yeah. They, they, they don't really like the idea. Whereas like, you know Bitcoin, there's no there's not really a Bitcoin organization behind mm. Bitcoin. There's no figurehead behind uh, 
Bitcoin. So they, they can't understand or they don't like the idea of us, of, of Ripple. That's mm. why uh, Ripple draws a lot of criticism from mm. these people. But actually I see it as like, like Ripple being a, 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 a better thing. A, a, not a better thing, like it's a like, different version. I feel people will get used to the idea of Ripple faster than Bitcoin first. Mm, no, actually. You know what I mean? Like you have to sort of, like, like if you understand Bitcoin, you understand Ripple. But you understand Ripple, you might not understand Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Like it's more in line with the current social norm of thinking, I would say. And speaking of like leadership, what do you think of like what happened to EOS? Like I heard the guy. Oh, EOS. Uh, I think. Uh, well, what what happened? I think Brock Pierce uh, I think Brock Pierce. 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 Yeah, he. But actually, it's uh, it's not unexpected because he is famous for like yeah. like Tether Bitfinex is also started by him. Oh really? Then he, he what he does is. He always he's like a venture capitalist, he's like an entrepreneur. Okay. He always starts company, then when he does well, then he will still hold his holdings, but he will just yeah, give it away to people to run the company. Yeah, which which I, I, I think is not wrong. It's just that uh the community is like uh seeing it in the wrong way. Like seeing it's like it's like they're trying to see it like like uh Charlie Lee is abandoning like coin for mm. example they see it that way but uh, what Brock, Brock Pierce did is actually very normal for him and actually EOS is working fine perfectly without him at all and he's actually not into the technical part of it mm. he's more of the person managing it he's not the tech guy in the company so the company will survive without him so most investors don't worry but the, the price just plunged like crazy like. so EOS is I mean, it has a functional blockchain now already, right? Yeah, it's working yeah. well. It's, I think process a lot of yeah, transactions yeah. already. Maybe, yeah, true. Yeah, just people say it's, it's a little bit centralized, but I guess centralization isn't uh, the biggest issue now. I think the biggest issue now is mass adoption. Mm. So I think the whole crypto community should actually uh, work towards uh, faster transactions first. That's why you see like all the top coins, most of the coins are actually most there's a lot of coins that rise up are all like POS coins. Like talk about uh, Cardano, talk about uh, Ripple, Ripple don't have don't have mine, uh, talk about uh, EOS, all these that coins that actually rise up from the bottom are actually all POS coins. So that's just a point to note. That it might be the way we look forward because people are actually talking about how bad for the environment it is for proof of work, especially for Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's why Ethereum is also sort of shifting to POS. Yeah, there's a roadmap, but it got pushed back. But uh, certainly the developers are looking at changing from it to proof of work to proof of stake. Yeah, but I feel Ethereum. Uh, how to say they they need. I feel Ethereum need to hire a, like a they need to hire more business people. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, I mean Ethereum as a tech project is fantastic, but in a way it's marketed to the public or it's marketed to us crypto investors. It's not very well marketed. Like they didn't really cater to our needs like like we needed instant scaling or, or some sort of scaling since last year to actually tie us like let us use energy can use the network normally until uh we hit maybe uh when casper takes in but then they decided to push back casper mm. and everybody was so depressed about uh ethereum then they end up like oh people start throwing their their ethereum away like selling an ethereum then it ended up with the whole uh, ICO also start selling off their treasury and end up you see the price of uh, Ethereum went down by 10 times from $1,000 to like just $100 now. So uh, I feel now but now they did the right thing. So recently what, what they did is they came up with the idea of 
Ethereum One X. Mm. So basically, it's a, like a band-aid to make Ethereum scale temporarily until Casper comes in because Casper was pushed back until 2021, I think. Mm. So I think Ethereum will really work uh, when it hits 2021. It will be really awesome. I, I guess when Ethereum does transition super fast with POS, I feel there's very little people that can compete with them. Okay, so mm. I guess uh, it's been an hour. Yeah. We should stop here. Mm. Stop here again. Okay, thanks. Uh, I think you'll see me again soon. Yeah. yeah.